You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Okay, let me try an introduction. Here we go. Let's give it a go. All right. Welcome back. This is Joel Albrecht again. And today in my studio, I have Justin Alcala for the second time. Check episode 39 for the first time. He is still a novelist, neurologist, and a Speculative Literature Foundation Award finalist. He has uh, 200 books. Well, at least he's got at least three. Consumed, The Devil in the Wide City, and Dim Fairy Tales, plus dozens of short stories. He's published everywhere. His social media sites are massive. There'll be links in the, what's it called? The notes, the show notes. That's what it's called. This is a podcast. Justin, thanks a lot for coming back on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was. It, I remember the last one was fun, so I thought we should have you back. We, all, me and all my team. Hey, what's going on? It's a team. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, oh, I got a new ring light, so I hope I look better this time. Uh, oh, you! I was about to say you look. You look twenty years younger. Tw- yeah. Well, I had like you're some. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I was talking to an, a guest who was also an author a couple of podcasts ago, and we were talking about getting blood from uh, 18 to 20-year-olds infused into older people and how that could be the answer to living to 350. You know, you know I, I, mean? think someone, I think someone <laughs> tried that in history. I forget who it was in like Romania, one of the duchesses or baronesses used to bathe in blood. Uh, I think it ended with her being executed. <laughs> that makes sense. And it wasn't that I wasn't guess. Dracula based on a real person or pop, yeah, by like, Vlad Vlad, Vlad Tepish. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad right? Tepish of Wallachia. Yeah, yeah. He did I actually visited things. his castle. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, consumed it. Uh, plays around with Bram Stoker. It's an um, homage to uh, Bram Stoker, and um, I, I had the privilege of going to. Transylvania, Romania. I stayed in a uh, town called Sibiu. And uh, it is like, I don't know if you've seen or if you've read the books or if you've seen the movie and you kind of go up and there's that scene where like you're looking down the wagons just barely on the mountain. Well, that's real. We were taking a, we took a travel van up there and I turned to the side and I wish I didn't because I'm not afraid of heights, but it is just treacherous it is horribly scary but uh totally worth it if you don't die totally worth it (laughs) sounds amazing i've seen at least five dracula movies and i've seen i I don't even know if it's the latest but the gary oldman one which i consider oh yeah the real story that's like the biography of dracula right (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) and that has that scene for sure yeah yeah. yeah. Now, now the funny story is because I've been petitioning for a while now. Now you've got me already. Well, we're five minutes in. I'm already getting on a soapbox. Um, now the only catch with that, I love Gary Oldman's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, but there is a misnomer that they put into people's heads who have not read the original book. Mina, who is uh, the main, you know, the main female protagonist, she never falls in love with Dracula. She's never his resurrected bride. She is uh, Jonathan Harker's main squeeze. She's the smartest person in the group, and uh, she helps fight Dracula, who is a villain in the original books. Um, 
I have a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I've read Dracula before. And the best way to test them is like, what did you think about the love uh, triangle between uh, all three of them? And if they say, oh, I think it's pretty good. I'm like, Aha, you didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would like you would like the series I started watching then. I, I forgot about that. Um, I can't remember if it's Amazon or Netflix. Sorry. I've... Sorry, networks that don't sponsor me. But it's... Uh... <laughs> It's um, Give me a shout out to Joel Albright at www. <laughs> Dracula in this series is frightening, and the um, protagonist—I uh, mean the hero—what is his name? Van Doc- Helsing. Van Helsing is a nun. Yes. Uh, at the, I, have you seen that? I caught you- the first one, and it was pretty solid. It's it pretty good. It's pretty interesting. And Dracula in that one, which I did read the book, um, and Dracula in that is the monster, you know, nothing but. Yeah, no, he's the antagonist. Yeah. Matri- you know, yeah. solo shot first, Dracula is the antagonist. We need t-shirts like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. <laughs> he's the bad guy. There's nothing real. No, he's you not the broken, tragic lover. Right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But otherwise, I, I'm bashing it a lot, but actually, I grew up on that Dracula, and I, I love it. I just, that's the one piece that irks me. I'm like, no, why'd you do that? That's not how it's supposed to be. Um, well, you know, they also put Keanu Reeves in it. But that's a what? <laughs> no, <laughs> poor Keanu. Good. good. <laughs> oh, poor Keanu. I have to admit, he's it's an action hero. He's really, really amazing. But uh, I don't know. That seemed like a uncomfortable fit for him. It yeah, a little, a little off. Almost as bad as his. Now I'm dating myself. His video uh, where um, I almost said Mariah Carey, but it's not Mariah Carey. Um, uh, hush hush or whatever it's called have you um what is her name um she does two steps forward two steps back uh 90s oh what is her name i'm dying here yeah don't help me out i'm trying to remember i know who you're talking about i know the song you're talking about um i'm totally losing it i can't look it up because i did that on my last podcast and my pro tools recording stopped uh, Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Abdul. He's the dancer. Br- okay. He is brutal in that one too. In that video, it's just painful. They're trying to like create this this beautiful love scene, and and the entire time, it's just pretty much like Keanu Reeves and Dracula, where she's like, "What? <laughs> I love you." <laughs> and it's you're just oh man. I remember even as a kid <laughs> thinking like, "This is painful. This is painful." <laughs> I actually. <laughs> I grew up on some of the original Draculas. That's how much older I am. Those uh, are creepy. They're, they're really, really good. good. They're really good. They're really good. That's. I mean, I love Gary Oldman. And I love that telling of the story. But they, there's still some elements that, you know, they had to depend on so much more sort of creating the monster from acting and lighting and stuff. Yeah. You know, it wasn't special effects. It was just the guy was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Bella Lugosi is Bella a Lugosi. creepy man. He is. Like he needs a flashlight on his eyes and and a close <laughs> up of his face, and you're weirded out. Uh, that creeped me out. Um, the Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. I mean, those those are oh, creepy. Yeah. Those are creepy. And the there's no special effects. There's no nothing. They're just and to this day, I, I always watch it every year. I break it out. Night the original Night Living Dead. Uh, it's oh yeah! Just, just it, unmatched. It shakes you. 
It's unmatched. It's and it's all because it's like Jaws. It's because the budget. Yeah. It's like we don't have any money, so we're just going to do this without lights. And oh, that's scary. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know about Jaws. Was Jaws there on a low budget? Jaws was an extremely low budget for the even for the time. And it's uh, also the it went way way over budget. Oh, there's a really good book about the making of Jaws that you'd probably love. It's it's like it's it's at least twenty, and it's got to be thirty years old. Um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it goes into the whole history of it, how they made it, all the like almost day by day but the reason it's so good less good now because we all have special effects is the shark kept breaking so (laughs) the the name of the mechanical shark is bruce and it didn't work for the first half of the movie or we would have seen it so everyone goes on about you don't see the shark yeah because it was broken and it it was so you know it made it brilliant it uh, also the director's okay, you know, and, and the, he, uh, what was his know, name again? Uh, Spielbergo, something, what? something like that. <laughs> Some page from the lot, Universal lot. <laughs> where is that loser now? Yeah, no, I'm trying- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where? What's? Yeah, but what has he done lately? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's also showed his brilliance. Is like he, okay, this this isn't working. We're going to keep filming. I have to keep filming because it's yes. got to be done because it's, I got this much money. And it's getting cold, you know. He's filming in a in a place that's going to be really cold very soon. He's got to get it done, so he just kept filming stuff that he could film. When it finally worked, uh, they filmed the the end scenes. It was about the last thirty minutes of the movie, and it's just so much better because of that. It's so much better. I mean, it, and I don't know if yeah, obviously it was part of the budget, um, but. Um, I am under the strong opinion that the things that are most creepiest are it's when you leave the monster in the shadows. Uh, I mean, and you can even look at like, look at Blair Witch. No, no one. You never see the witch. You never, you never see, never the see witch. anything. Yeah. And don't I, get me wrong. You watch it now and you're like, Ugh. when I first watched it, I was like, what the? It's this funny when man. when I first watched it, I thought, "God, this is stupid." And I still, it's mainly because I'm not afraid of camping. And it was, it was like, "Oh, camping is scary." That that was right, right. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a city boy. I love boy. camping. Yeah, I love the I'm woods. A, so, I'm a city boy. Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, to me, and statistically, you're a lot, you're in a lot more danger in the middle of Chicago than you are, you know, in the woods in Oregon. Uh, it, it's just, you're a lot less likely to be attacked by uh, a mugger in the woods. Right. right. <laughs> Which so, is maybe. But, but, it, but it does go back to the old saying, um, what is it, uh, Lovecraft said it, um, the oldest and strongest emotion. Right. Uh, yeah. Mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is the fear of the unknown. Right. You know, it's if you can put things in the background, which these low budget people do, people are creeped out, and I'm yeah, yeah. I'm one of them. You start getting in my face with it immediately, and I'm 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 turned off. Well, it's I interesting. Don't buy it. Right. Well, it's like Alien. They Alien was they planned to to not show the monster. That was a a plan, and. Um, the only reason they showed it so soon in Aliens is because uh, they didn't want to make the same movie. Uh, the director said, well, I don't right. want to make the movie over, so I'm going to show the monster. 
<laughs> the late 80s and early 90s were so great at just making everything into an action movie. And I really mean that. Like, That's true. They took a yeah. horror movie and they were like, Let's give everyone guns and marines. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, guns and marines. And, and, and still, a, a fan, in my opinion, a, a great movie. It's not it's not alien, but it's still fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's, it's 80s and 90s. They just, everything was, let's make it into like a Schwarzenegger movie. That's funny. I don't think they're over that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Still, fair I, enough. I follow this great group on Facebook called Cruise Stories. And um, believe it or not, it's about cruise and their stories, film crew. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> but there was a post on there about Beverly Hills Cop because it was the anniversary of the release recently or something. And it was talking about how that movie was going to be an action movie. And they went through all these actors and they had Stallone on board. And when Stallone stepped in, he rewrote it and he wrote out the comedy and he wrote all these action scenes in. And then two weeks or something before it was going to shoot, he dropped out for some reason or he decided no he, he wasn't going to do it. So they grab Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy comes in and says, you know, I'm not going to do that movie. Let's re so most of those uh a lot of the scenes that are funny are literally just at on the spot. We're doing See, this now. <laughs> how serendipitous. Uh, that gives yeah. hope to yep. to uh people anywhere. Just stick with it and just because it's not the forte. Hey, once you show up, you might make it its new thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Comedy action. <laughs> Which is right. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Didn't, didn't exist. It didn't exist. And no one knew if he could do a movie. The guy had never done a movie before. But, you know. Right. Could, I mean, back in the day, that was like, I, he was on SNL. What else did he really do? I think yeah. that was right. Yeah. I, I think that was about it. So, pretty shocking. That is pretty cool. That is cool, though. I, lo I love stuff like that. Yeah, um, I love those kind of stories. I'm, I'm, on a on a side note, I don't know. This is a if you notice, this is a green screen for real. The Christmas setup here. I thought I'd make it cool for for. Uh, <laughs> I thought Christmas. that was actually your house where you were sitting. That's no, actually, no. I'm no, kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Actually, it is. You threw it is me. my house. I thought it, is my I thought house. it was a green screen. When we were starting it off, my terrible sense of humor. I was going to uh, have a Christmas book open. And oh, hello, Joel. Uh, and then I decided, cut that. That's going to be really dumb. Uh, which it would have totally. I think that been. would have been great. Well, <laughs> yeah, I got a new studio. Why? Ah, look at that! Beautiful. I love those uh, lights. Well, Is that a sauna in the background over there to the left? Uh, no, that's a that's a vocal booth. <laughs> I know nothing about Could podcasting. Be. That'd be, be great. Sauna in a podcast. Man. That's but, probably. Um, a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Good idea. <laughs> probably a mastering studio there is someone who's like writing that down right now like ah, new idea but um i have been reading a lot of strange and weird things about christmas which i love and let me tell you christmas i don't know if you're aware or not back in the day before it became all hallmarky it's a pretty creepy holiday <laughs> oh is it, it? Was, i've always oh, been oh man it's always been interesting to me the sort of the history of Christmas and how it came about and how I actually was talking at a, at a party, a Christmas party years ago, and I was saying how most of these traditions come from pagan rituals and, and because they wanted, you know, to put it 
it, at, the, at the time of year when all these people already celebrated and it makes it easier for them to to adapt to it and you know to accept it and <laughs> this one woman was like where do you get this stuff like she didn't believe me at all she didn't believe me at all no she thought you were just making it up <laughs> she thought i guess so <laughs> and i was kind of shocked because i thought everyone knew i thought oh I thought this was kind of common knowledge. It's yeah, guess, no, it's really cool really. if you, if you're like a you know if if you're if you like the darker side of things if you shop at Hot Topic, you know it's it's really interesting. Um, I shop at Hot Topic, uh, but uh, <laughs> who am I kidding? I'm a parent. I don't shop around myself anymore. But um, it so yes, it, you. It sounds like you already know the the, the whole Celtic thing. I mean, you just got to think about it. It was cold. Things died. People died. Diseases started getting around because people were in houses. It was real spooky. It was in before, you know, Catholicism kind of stretched out uh, its wings. I mean, that's what it was. It, it, it was a sort of celebration of like uh, of death uh, of the winter solstice. And then Catholicism, which was really good at doing, started adopting like, oh, yeah, you could still believe that if you want. Just remember, Jesus is the best. Uh, and they started picking <laughs> they started picking up everything and sort of amalgamating it into uh, one culture. And it still was pretty rough and tumble. Like you have records of like in the 16th, 17th century, like um, the, it was like trick or treat for adults. They would go door to door drunk as skunks asking for more booze and they would carol and if you didn't give them the stuff uh you were you're getting something bad you're getting a black eye or something like that so it's like you would have booze ready on christmas and give it to all the poppers and they would carol for you and you can tell there's like a lot of songs about give us some figgy pudding or we won't go until we get some um which is literally them seeing a threat like give me something oh that's Uh, true yeah, so Bill. They, so really, Bill Murray had the right idea. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was interesting, and, and and you can even see like um, recently, I I uh, listened to and then reread the uh, Nutcracker again, and even that, which that's is a, a holiday favorite, that's mm-hmm. a creepy story. It's a creepy story. It's Let me, uh, we were just watching the Christmas parade, and they had the oh, what are they called? The Rockettes did it the nutcracker with the nutcrackers the scene with the nutcrackers and for one they didn't have shorts on so something was messed up and but it just, <laughs> just it was creepy it was it just those costumes and the dance that they do oh totally it's creepy ah! <laughs> i'm just thinking about it now but even the plot that the ballet was inspired off of uncle dossimer godfather dossimer comes over and gives his kids gifts um it, and he totally lies and manipulates to get these the, the daughter in an adventure but like uh she's like seven years old and um in love with the nutcracker and um oh at, by the end of it like he marries her he's like he turns into a real grown man of like you know 20 or 30 and she's like seven or eight and he proposes and marries her by the end of it uh <laughs> Whoa. So it is, Whoa. and I understand different wow. time. I understand there's historians that right now are saying, well, but, when you got to be 12 or 13, but you not, know, women were starting to be courted. But um, sure, seven? Yeah, that's when we start. You're talking about a little girl. It, it gets weird. It gets really weird. And it was I graphic mean, murder and killing and 
wow. ice throats. It was pretty brutal. But yeah, Christmas, I mean, Christmas didn't become what it is until what we know is this commercialized thing. Uh, man, early 1900s. But um, that, yeah, before that, it was... That's what I thought. I mean, I've heard some stories that the real, the, the popular image of Santa Claus, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this, it depends on who you ask, but I've, I've read a couple articles that, that said the, the image we have of Santa Claus is actually from a Coke commercial. Yeah. And new, that, you know, yeah. most of the, a lot of the things that we do now are really because of Macy's and, and Coke and the people who wanted to sell stuff. Yeah, follow the money. Follow the money. Yeah, yeah St. Yeah. Nick was originally from a newspaper article, and then Coca-Cola took it and branded it and put put him in. He was wearing, he used to wear blue and greens, and they put him in Coca-Cola red, and there oh, we so go. So that's why he wears red. Oh, yes, of oh, course, man. of course. It's all marketing. It's um, but, I mean, before that, like even the Victorian era, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of the author, big fan of him, M.R. James. He's like the original ghost story guy from uh, England. He, uh, he was a professor, a uh, real smart scholarly historian, but he was famous for ghost stories that he wrote during Christmas and would read to his students. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and if, I, I think if you're if you're English, you're like, duh. Yeah, that's we all know that. But you know, for I, I never knew that until I started really reading his biography. Uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff. That like ghost stories were bigger in December than they were in October long ago. That's so. wow. I guess that makes sense because it's even darker. And yeah, it's, I, it's yeah. I mean, creepier. dark at three o'clock. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I've always liked the the solstice celebrations because all the ones that I've seen there it's about celebrating the coming of the light you know you're you're celebrating really the it's the beginning of winter but it's also the beginning of of light coming back like coming back to the world the end of darkness so um, oh, man I would love I don't know if you've ever been part of it I have written uh Wiccans and asked them uh can I watch one of your festivals? Because I've written a couple of things. I read, wrote um, A Forest Only Whispers. It's a short story. It's only about 10,000 words, uh, but it's about a, a, a witch's coven. Um, and when I was writing it, I was like, man, I'm doing research, but I would just love to see someone do a ceremony on Maybon. Um <laughs> And I wrote a couple, and they pretty much were like, F off, you weirdo. Uh, but <laughs> but, but um, I would. It would be so cool to see a Solstice Festival or anything like that. I just don't think there's anything uh, around here. Uh, my, my few feeble attempts have always uh, failed. But I think it's a cool, cool idea. Totally. There's a lot of celebrations around here, but probably not um – true Wiccan, you know. They, they do right, lot, you know, right. They, they do a lot of solstice celebrations. but And also Native Americans did um, solstice, both summer and winter. That that was a big part of many, a lot of Native cultures is like, that, those two parts of the year were pretty, were really powerful and it had more to do with um, harvest and stuff and, you know, you those kind of things. Na but, man, Native American lore is so interesting. Um and it's and I understand that it is uh, uh, also you know their stories and their legends are part of their religion, so they try to just uh, you know, you know keep it um, 
as internal as possible, uh, which I respect, but that's another, man, I would just love, I would, I would love to just see some of their, um, I've seen some of their public ceremonies that they do, but a a winter or a a summer sort of, um, well, you can, you can go to the Southwest and can you, you can, you go there because I've been in Native American ceremonies and um, oh, have you? It's it, interesting route that I was introduced to. I don't want to name drop, but it was a, it was someone doing a movie, and so he met with this Native American medicine man to to basically learn more about the culture, even though this actor is part Native American, and uh, so I knew a friend of his and he stayed in contact with this guy. And so we did the ceremonies a lot, quite a bit. It actually kind of opened my, my belief system a lot because when you go into, he always said, when you go into a Nipi, when you come out, you are, you're naked again. And you, and it totally feels that way. Like when you, it, it's basically going into a, it's hard to describe and, and it's a, it is a ceremony that's very private, so I won't try too so, hard. So I have two questions for you. Sure. One, one, did they, did they s- tell you you have to swear that you're not going to really talk too much about it? No. Uh, or anything like that? Okay. No. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on why I even asked such a stupid question. But two, you can't, you don't want to name drop, but what does his name rhyme with, the actor? Just you can give me like Let's a hint, and, um, and if I guess it, then you didn't name drop. <laughs> you just, you just kind of played my game. It's not like anyone I know anymore. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. It's pretty hard to think of a rhyme. Shamilio Vestavez. Su- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but he was in movies with him. Oh, okay. His name it- rhymes with Sue. Um, and he's a three namer. Oh, he's a three namer, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Is he still popular in? Um... He's still very popular. He was just in another series in in I think they filmed in New Mexico. So he still is does. it? Uh, and he played it, a Native American it, in, the, it West, in the series. Um, he... West Studi is it? Oh no, the, no. He's native. Um, I would love to meet Wes Studi. Uh, also, what uh, interesting thing about Native American ceremonies is the one we were in was very gentle as far as they go. It was a, a Navajo uh, ceremony, and if you start freaking out, you can you can step out or you can say I'm freak. You know, you can kind of react. There are uh, other ceremonies which you would probably want to do if you go if you. Where if you, for one, you kind of have to be invited. So you have to go and right, right. get friendly with, with people and tribes. But the Cheyenne, I think it was Cheyenne and the Sioux and some different tribes, when they do these ceremonies, um, you're basically put in a, a really, really hot, hot box, a small, it's not really a teepee, it's a small um, ceremony thing. And they put hot rocks in there, and it's like a steam bath, basically. And in the in a lot of tribes, it's like if you come in, you have to stay in till we're done singing. We're done. We're done with what we're doing. Uh, that and so cool. that sounds brutal. I mean, I was never needed. I never felt the need to to go out, but it was nice to know that if I needed to. Uh, but I guess some can be like 
a friend of mine did that, and he said he was trying to dig himself into the mud to cool off. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I, it's a, like a cleanse. It's a serious cleansing. Um, it's pretty pretty amazing. I was really honored to be invited to do that. And that's the thing. I hope um, I hope anyone listening, if if they are Native American, I, it it is. I hope I don't sound like it is a Disney World attraction. I understand how powerful and respectful uh, I'm trying to be, even though it's probably coming out of my mouth uh, poorly. It, it, what you're saying seems super badass, and I would love it, to see it. Or it's an amazing it. experience, and there are there are people doing it for just anyone um, in Oregon. Anyway, I know there's a lot of people that were that pretty invite anyone to do it, um, but it's a different it's a different experience than. If you go to an actual native ceremony, it's. Do you know who Ansel Adams is? Ansel Adams. One second. He's uh, a photographer, but that's not who I was thinking of. Curtis. Um, there's a photographer named Curtis who was trying to take pictures of the last of the Native Americans. He started in the late 1800s. He was from Seattle. Went into like the 1930s, I think, and he was trying to take pictures of them before they were gone because he knew they were going to be gone. And he would ask them to dress in traditional dress and all this. But the way he started was he stumbled, he basically stumbled on a tribe that was about to do this Sundance ceremony that's really uh, sounds crazy to me. And they invited him to watch, which is extremely rare. So once he, this oh, is the cool. ceremony where they put the two hooks in you. And they pull oh, yes. you up. It's uh, I can't remember. I think it's Lakota Sioux, but it it's just one tribe that does this. It's in a it's in a movie called A Man Called Horse. Yeah, I've they, seen. Yeah, so it's brutal. But supposedly, for the one going through it, it's trans completely transformative. Like the, it's the biggest honor you can have as a brave. And I always thought, and very few people have seen a real one. Uh, uh yeah. non non natives. Um. Yeah, powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah powerful it, it stuff. Oh, man, I would love to. But anyhow, yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get a local team group of Wiccans to invite me to their Maybon ceremony. So <laughs> I, I stand no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually just have to drive out to the southwest and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, meet I, some people, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, they, so they are researching a book. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So, so the uh, the good news is uh, to shamelessly uh, plug. I think last time I was on, I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't uh, talk about something yet because uh, the press wanted to go ahead and do the followed schedule of things. But um, I, I have a new book that's coming out October twenty uh, October twenty twenty one, uh, a dead end job, and the reason that. Uh, I even talk about it because we were talking about it last time, which my research started with me peeing on Don Gillinger's uh, death spot. In oh, an alley. okay. So that was <laughs> part of that. I remember. Well, I re listened. Right. I re listened to the podcast. And so I remembered <laughs> that story. And I was, I'm glad you got to that because I. So that, it's. That was on my it, list to ask about. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because one of the. Uh, one of the um, Parliament Press, a fantastic uh, book people. I'm very excited to work with them. Uh, their marketer listened to our episode. And he said, uh, I was on a, um, a, a author board about comedy um, and for the Miami Book Fair. And he was the moderator. And he was like, hey, can you tell people the pee-pee story? 
And so, <laughs> and you know, got- I don't even know if it went like that. I might have been pushing and been like, you want me to tell the baby story? I'll tell the baby story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think he lightly mentioned it in, in, uh, beforehand. And I was like, okay, I'll tell the baby story. But yeah, the, the PP story is starting to become a thing now with this. But uh, yeah, long story short, uh, research for that it wasn't too hard because a it takes place in a place I grew up in Chicago. But uh, the one important part is I have, my father was in the military. A lot of um, my relatives were in the military. I never went in the military, but then my best friend growing up since second grade was in the military and um, running into all these military people and sort of rubbing elbows with them. You learn two fantastic things. Uh, about them one life does not stress them out like life stresses us out (laughs) the common man because once you see and i'm not talking about like no disrespect to uh anyone who is this person but i'm not talking about the person who's in the army who um you know i I, fluffs fluffs a pillow you know we need those people too Uh, i'm talking about the people who Smash mouth were shooting at people and people were shooting at them. I noticed yeah. those are the yeah. folk. That's who I'm cornering in on. Uh, those folk, you give them your problems and you feel stupid afterwards for talking to them about it. You're <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> they have this, and, and they never say anything. The couple of buddies that I have, because they all smoke, you know, they'll, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's quite a problem. And then they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll, they'll wait a couple stories and then they'll be like, so I'm in Afghanistan, right? Nope. And <laughs> I'm saying, oh, so your dishwasher broke? Yeah, right, no. right, right. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, I slept till I only get to sleep till eight these days. I'm still tired all day, you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I, I, well, now, buddy, right now, now it's the doctors and nurses that are in oh, that situation, my gosh. right? Yeah, my it's, wife, my wife is oh a doctor, and let me tell you, it is oh, stressful for her. Right, it's got, yeah, yeah. it's it's got to be, because I keep thinking how it's getting pretty hard. It's, it's like on month nine, and I want to go to the Southwest. I'm, uh, I'm there, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go to all these places. Um, I do want to hug people. I know some people don't care, but I do want right. to hug people. Right. Um, but I'm not on the front line. Like the people working in hospitals are literally on the front line, and it, it you know, every community is slowly getting hit harder and harder. And oh yeah, yeah. They're they're another group of people I have mad respect for. And talking to my wife after a rough day is also one of those times where I just embarrass myself. Where I'm right. just like, oh man, the kids were just so bad today, and oh, I wrote this chapter, and da da da, and she's like. Yeah, I met that kid I was telling you about two days ago. He, yeah, he passed away, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna shut up now. I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, but yeah, no, it's tough. These poor people, man. Holy smokes! And and we're lucky that we're lucky, my wife and I, that we're in a region that maybe is not spiking at the moment as bad. But that's not a good thing because even my wife is seeing horrible things. And she's in the middle of the pack, you know. And she's it's not, not spike. Yeah, she's, she's she. Yeah, she's not in New York City or anything like that. You know, we moved out of Chicago um, 
just before this, so we dodged that. But we're still, you know, we're still in the second largest city in Georgia, so we're not seeing the scary thing numbers that maybe like a New York City or LA is seeing. But uh, it's just horrible to see it. It's horrible to listen to her talk to her friends and it be so casual. Uh, not just, not just how. And sorry, I'm getting real serious here. All of a sudden. Uh, I'll throw a poop joke in there after this, uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, just to see them talk about how people are passing away, including some of their own staff passed away, and it just be like a regular conversation you and I talking about like you know you know Keanu Reeves's acting skills, yeah, right, <laughs> it's, right. It's just and it's sad, yeah. Really, it's yeah. sad and it's really tough because this wasn't. Uh, you know, when you're military and you sign up for combat, you have an idea what that you are going to combat. I don't think many people know what that means until they right. get there. I mean, from I've talked to some soldiers, and uh, I've talked to some people who are like years away from it and they're having problems. But you, you know, you until you get into that situation, and there's no way a movie can describe it. Like, there's all these right. movies about combat. It's like I know that's not the same. Right. As being so, in a situation where you might get shot and you're there for a year or more, and uh, most of the time you're bored to death, it doesn't. But you still know you might be shot. They didn't sign up for that. Right. They, you know, they, they, uh, as a doctors and nurses, you signed up to save other people. You never thought there would be a such. Well, you think way in the back of your mind because all of all medical people know that this could happen. I mean, they have this. They know this, that diseases can get bad. Right. But you're, you're not thinking, oh, it could be me on the front line. They, yeah. I could be risking my life every day I go to work. I think, it, yeah, you know, I think most doctors, doctors, nurses, or just anyone in the hospital, I think they thought of it the same way a person who moves to Seattle thinks that a volcano can explode and destroy them. Right. It's true, it technically. Could. Yeah. But statistically... It's probably not going to happen. Um, I don't think anyone signs up thinking it is going to happen. But I think, yeah, I think you have to have a lot of empathy for these people because uh, I do. The worst thing you could do to irk anyone in the medical field uh, off uh, is to say, well, you signed up for this. No, I didn't. No, no. I don't think anyone no, signed up no for signed this. Up for no. Yeah. But yeah, they're, you know, my and the support, gotta... I think the support they're getting is disgusting. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, it's uh, brutal. It, it's like, I mean, hopefully, I think that's going to change in a very short time around January 21st. But Cross my fingers. Yeah, I, I really think there'll be some major changes because I know that I know who the governors are and I know what they're, you know, telling the future leader. But um, it's, yeah, it's just tough. I, I It's been brutal to watch, to, to, to see that. A, a country with billions of dollars, trillions of dollars that could be shifted to helping them has not been. And yeah. it's really nuts. I mean, the states are doing a lot and, and they're doing what they can, but. I mean, uh, just, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not going to hide my fans, but it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I know, I know that. Uh, someone maybe 10 years from now is going to find this this podcast and kind of like you think that that's a that's <laughs> the government's a joke ah, i got it but uh <laughs> currently uh yeah i think it's kind of embarrassing but let's hope it gets better holy smokes uh, let's hope i've i've yeah. lost a lot of hope um how could these. you not how yeah. could you not how could you not i mean there was a guy 
that was all about hope and change from Chicago not very long ago. Yeah, I, I remember his name. So mama. That's right with your mama. I just figured that out right now. Now, now we're going to well, be wait in a trouble. Now we're, we're going to be racist because we oh, said that. Yeah. Let's backtrack. Cut this part out. Well, <laughs> anyhow. Edit, not no, edit. It's Yeah. Oh well. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really a shame though. Um, yeah, what's going on? And it is. Uh, but it also highlights stuff that I knew was wrong in government for a long, long time. I can't blame one side or the other. I would love to, and I do. You know, and all my right, oh, yeah. Facebook friends blame the the other tribe, and I I definitely jump on that right. wagon. But then I step back and go, okay, but how many? Right. How many crimes have has my side committed? Um, they they pushed a candidate that I didn't believe in uh, this year, and they did it extremely underhandedly. And and so I have uh, a lot of hope, more hope than I had um, now for what's going to happen. But I just mean that both right. sides do are really based on they're so based on money now, which is what my candidate wanted to try to change. And uh, the you know the people getting them put into place are money people. They, well, I think yeah, you yeah. always follow the money, right? Uh, yeah. And I mean, um, like I have nothing to say about who's next president. I, I have, like I have some nothing. very right. I have very good friends who have completely different political um, uh, aspirations than I do, or just political perspectives than I do, and we get along just fine. I think the problem is you start following that money. The money is everything. The money is, you know, it, it's what uh, all the trail campaigning, everything like that. You, if you can take that money out, you're going to fix a lot of problems. But the money is also what uh, they push to divide, and and that's right. all sides. Uh, right. Because yeah. Oh, oh what, yeah. My my, you know, my neighbor who might be, you know, uh, opposite side of of the field to me as far as politics go, um, it is harder. It is harder this this time around to justify it but still they're not my enemy they're a person who thinks we should run the government a certain way and to be honest if we're i don't want to sound too much like a conspiracy theorist but if we're using the whole checks and balances that they that was supposed to be created we're supposed to have a balance there's supposed to be a, right. this many of this side and this many of this side with this perspective and this perspective somewhere around the system broken uh, all you have to do is follow the money to figure out what happened you know so Quite the I, shame. I still blame it on Reagan. That's where it's. <laughs> Don't well, tell they, Michael J. Fox that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex P. Keaton, I should that's, say. That's yeah, Alex P. Keaton, right. not Michael J. Fox. But I think he has the opposite opinions. That's uh, what was it? Family funny. ties. My wife's name is Family Mallory. Family ties. My yeah. wife's name is Mallory, and one day she was having a very significant conversation i was just in the i was a fly on the wall and she's had a very significant conversation with her mom and dad who are very cool people and and she looked at her dad and her mom and dad and said why did you guys name me mallory again and her mom went into this very beautiful uh poetic um sort of reasoning why and at the end uh my father-in-law fred was just staring at he's like really I thought we named her after that girl in Family Ties. Oh. <laughs> and you just saw my oh wife's my face God. drop. <laughs> but, oh man! But um, that's yeah, another oh, that's another interesting Hollywood story where um, the father from that show has been uh, getting a little more attention lately because he's on like number seven of the Tremors movies. 
Yes, he's, that's he's like, right. Yeah, he's he's the only person that stayed in every single movie. And you forget that that's where he came from was Family Ties. And he was going... Because he he's was, the gun-toting yeah, character, right? He's the yeah. gun-toting character. He's the one that knows all about them. And he's going to, you know, he's going to save the day, which is... Yes. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and going into Family Ties, he was the star of the show. He was like uh, the most... He was a, a well-known actor and they hired him to be the star and you know, pretty quickly, that all ended. It was like yeah, he took just, a back seat. He had to take a back seat because someone popped up. It was this entire was time when we're talking about it. All I hear is, "What will we do, baby?" <laughs> With the, I, I can't help it. It's in the well, background. Well, I forgot that song. I'm, I, I might, I might need to start. Uh, I'll play it in the background here. <clears throat> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Then um, I won't. Then I won't be able to put the podcast on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. They snub you. <laughs> they snub you. They get uh, all pissy. Yeah, uh, and Apple will pull a podcast for whatever reason. For will they? Yeah, oh my they're God, starting yes. to. I mean, that's kind of the downside of if you get popular. Like if you get popular enough, then people start getting pissy about what you're, what's on your podcast. Which I, I mean, have I, totally you know, noticed. I was, yeah, I I mean, if you go back to popular podcasts and listen to the first ones, I mean, they are. Uh, if you listen to some of the stuff I listen to, you're talking about Joe Rogan. Yeah, I listen to um, the last podcast on the left. I don't know if you heard of them. They are really raunchy in the early ones, and then uh-huh. you kind of see them clean up. They're still they're still pretty uh, touch and go, but uh, compared to their early ones when they weren't as popular, they're a lot more. They're a lot more dialed back than they were <laughs> back in the day, but um, yeah. So, so hopefully, if uh, all goes well, in a year I'll I'll reach out to you and uh, you'll be both sponsored by Coca Cola and um, you won't have jerk offs like me, tons <laughs> stupid <laughs> fart jokes and. Oh <laughs> uh, no, you'll be so huge that I'll I'll be happy to have you on. Well. Well, we'll see. Maybe from the pizza, Could but, be. Uh, well, <laughs> from the COVID fifty that I'm I'm getting here. Um, but going back, sorry, I, I I'm all over the place. Going back, um, military people. Holy smokes! Yes, yes, best sense of humor's in the world, hands down. That's true, huh? Man, yeah. I I don't know how many friends you have in the military, but um, yeah. So to um, to to pseudo plug the book. Um, the book is a dead end job. Um, you know, Mark and I saw my checklist. Let's talk about dead end job because you and I we talk, and you let me talk too much, and then I just go on about different rants. So <laughs> I, I got I got a rubber band on my finger. Talk about the book. Um, so dead end job. Long story short, it's a absurdist fiction. Um, Buck is a former veteran, like all veterans, who um, is kind of once they're the. You know, once uh, Uncle Sam's done with them, kind of spits them out, and good luck in life. And right, um, and um, so he has a lot of tragedy happen. He had a rough upbringing in Chicago. He um, gets spit out by the army, and now he's a he's a you know trained a trained killer. Uh, and uh, then tragic things happen to him, and he takes he becomes broken. And so he starts to become a hitman. but this is supposed to be absurd as fiction. It's supposed to be funny. So uh, as dark as it <laughs> sounds, he's got a great sense of humor through all of it. And almost immediately uh, I'm not giving anything away. He dies. Uh, and instead of going to the fiery pits of hell, 
death wants a vacation. So he offers Buck uh, an internship while he goes on vacation. Buck's going to go ahead and he gets Grim Reaper's scythe, which ends up turning into, uh, you know, this perfect sniper rifle that I had to ask actual military people about um, and uh, goes around killing supernatural creatures that are trying to cheat death. Um, And then a bunch of shenanigans uh, kind of unravels, including... John Dillinger, the vampire and a couple okay. of other, and other couple of different uh, characters. But um, nice. I think, you know, I just went through another phase of editing it. I wrote it like two years ago um, and I kind of modernized it while going through the many, many edits that my um, editor um, said needed to happen. And I 100% agree and told her more. I need more of these, but I think all, all together, it's a pretty funny book, and I think the only reason that's really funny is because I knew enough people with good sense of humors that I smashed them, crammed them into this book. That's completely ridiculous, but oh so, oh so funny. It so, sounds to me like the next Netflix series. That's www.justinalcala.com. <laughs> <laughs> Email me at justinalcala. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You can get away with it. You know, you don't need many actors, especially, you know, in this in this era. Couple, Just a couple, right? Just a couple. Well, actually, I'm really shocked how they're filming shows now. They're filming Walking Dead, and they're filming Fear the Walking Dead, and they're, um, oh, This Is Us. All, all these shows that I how, watch, they're How are they doing them. it? They're doing it by, uh, well, who knows for sure, but what they're saying is they're, um, they're actually building a, what's it called? A bubble. They're building, building a bubble for them. They're living in a bubble, and they're doing, like, they test, you know, before they, the day they're going to shoot or the day before. They show up in a mask. They rehearse in a mask. Uh, everyone that doesn't need to be closer than six feet is not is not closer than six feet. So they're doing all the, the COVID-19 procedures right up until they're going to shoot. You know, when they're going to shoot the cool. scene, pull the mask off, shoot. As soon as they're done with the take... They're they you know they're back to the COVID stuff. So it it's, seems pretty safe. And there's I mean some I can't remember which one got shut down. They have had to shut down productions because people have tested positive. But it, it sounds like it's doable. And for me, I've always thought things are doable. It, right. You know the real problem is people don't want to follow well, what's yeah. recommended. So well, I mean, just look yeah. at sports. NBA and NHL right. knocked it out the park. I think there was right and you know, the. And, and the NFL seems to be screwing it up. Yeah, NFL, MLB. MLB got lucky yeah. because I don't think, if I remember the numbers, it was as bad as it is right now. It was True. still horrible. Well, it, it was it, still horrible. But I think yeah. it's the last time I looked at the scale, it keeps going like this. Yep. So Unfortunately, what, was, what was horrible then is now not as horrible as what it is now. Uh, and I could be wrong on that. So nope, you're correct. Wrong. There, um, my I look at the numbers too much. Um, my wife reminds me if I don't if I happen to to look away, and uh, we're the highest ever, and we've never been this high. Yeah, I think it's the highest in the world, but America's we're still winning. We're number one. Right, and, USA, you <laughs> exactly. That's it. Embarrassing, uh, depressing. Yeah. Um, so with the NFL, like the Ravens had to keep they keep. Um, putting off that game they're supposed to yeah. play now. It's going to be Wednesday, or it was. It was. It no, was, it was. Yeah, it, it was. was uh, it was yesterday. So 
the story there is, from what I understand, it was uh, a trainer who didn't follow procedures. Yeah, he just didn't follow the rules. He just, just follow the rules. Fo- yeah, it just follow the rules. And so you, you have to do is follow yeah, the rules. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're. Uh, it's like, come on, this is millions of dollars on the line, and you it, can't, you still can't get people to follow the rules, which you know. That goes it's, into all this crazy stuff. Which, it's brutal, you know, and uh, I, I don't want to be holier than thou because there's been a couple times when, like, I go outside and I'm walking uh, walking the dog sort of thing, and mm-hmm. I realize while I pass someone I didn't put my mask on, you know, because I tried as a courtesy put a mask on while I'm passing the bikes. We're going to be – we're sharing a sidewalk. Right. Uh, yep. yeah, and, I'll, and I'll say, dang it, man, you did not do that. Wake up. So, uh, you know, I, I, I will mess up every once in a while. My, my frustration – Everyone's going to mess up, I think. It's the blatant, I don't care, just going to disregard the rules. It's not going to happen to me. Um, And I think part of it is psychosomatic because the people who haven't had it yet, they're going on like seven, eight months of thinking like, I would have gotten it already. So they're doubling down. But that's the worst thing you could do. No, you haven't got it for seven or eight months because you've been following the rules for the most part. But the brain is a weird thing. And you might have. I might have had it. Right. I have not not had the, what you call it, test. The test that would tell me if I had it. I've had it twice. Oh, you have? I've taken it just because... uh, My wife's in the medical field, so we want to check ourselves out as much as possible. Right. She could just step into the wrong thing. You know, well, you've taken touch. the test for COVID, but there's a test to tell you um, if you've ever had COVID. Uh, ah, I yes, I've not taken that. No, I forgot not what that's that. called. But anyway, uh, I think that would be interesting because someone like myself, who is, uh, I have the right blood type. I take vitamin D. You know, I, I am uh, fairly healthy. My chances of getting it and not knowing it are pretty high. It's like 90% chance I would have no idea. So I may have had it. Um, The only reason I don't think is because I've done, I've been, you know, I've been uh, sequestered. I haven't done a lot of social interaction. Board up your your doors. Pretty much board up my doors. And the the people, I mean, I understand kids, which is a lot of it, because we have a college, we're a college town. So a lot of people, um, at least a month ago, a lot of the cases here were kids, and it's like you're indestructible when you're in college. Okay, you're not that smart. I remember when I was college age. I and you don't. For one, you're probably going to be okay. You have about a a ninety nine percent chance at that age. Right. You're going to get sick. It's going to be like the flu. The problem right. is you're going to spread it to other people, but that doesn't matter when you're a kid. And right. the other people are. People who just have to go to church and they don't probably believe it's real. And right. So I, I do understand it. It's just maddening because, you, you know, it's like if we follow, what would happen if 90% of the people did what they need to do? It, yes. You know. Yeah, it, that's the frustrating part. But yeah. and let me tell you, that is, I don't know if you had the actual test to just see if you have COVID now, but. Um, I did. Oh, man. I don't, the first time they took what felt like a really long Starbucks coffee mixer because mm-hmm. they were running out of the real, the real deal. <gasps> so they had to 3d oh. print ones. Oh no. So I had like a plastic one and Oh man, the first time they run that thing through and it hits the back of your throat. It's a sensation that I will say is uncomfortable. It does <laughs> not feel natural, <laughs> but I'm in front of my children, and my children have to get it done too. We're getting them done too, so uh-huh. I, 
I have to smile while this lady's like, I think she had like one foot up on, oh, on the car door and she's shoving it down my nose. Feels like a coat hanger going in. And you're going, um, yeah, it's fine. And, it's I, and I'm like, oh, it tickles. This tickles so much. <laughs> oh, man. And then the second time we did it, it looked like a, um, I got the real deal and it looked like a, like a, like a dish scrubber it was like actual Whoa. like yeah it really had like a little like little uh threads at the end of it on a stick and so um uh, you know like a gun cleaner not that i have any guns or anything like that, but um yeah, and they stuck that bad boy through and that that had its own different sensation that one whoo uh i think my eyes my eyes watered uh, to the point where my my daughter saw that I was crying and she was like, "This isn't going to go." Well oh no! Me. This isn't going to go. Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't no. even crying. It was just that your eyes start watering. Right. And you're like, "Geez." Yeah. Because yeah, because it's your sinuses that they're shoving. A- yeah. Holy. So smokes. I might have my test might have been totally bogus because it was not bad. She it, did you do the spit one? No, I did the one up. Oh, the nose, did you? But it didn't. I've been tested for a flu before. And, you know, they did that nasty all the way up to the back of your brain. And she didn't really go that far up, and she swabbed around. And it was a speed – it was a quick – I had to have uh, dental surgery. I talked about that on a different podcast, so I won't go into it. But but I had to be tested in order to do this surgery because they were going to be at high risk um, going in like that. So um, it just didn't seem like that big of a deal. So – I'm going to tell every. Maybe they just do it different in Oregon. You know, it, it, you know. Now that I think back, I'm having flashbacks. Like, she did have like a Viking helmet on. Aha! Uh-huh. I think her name was uh-huh. Nurse Helga. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so maybe, maybe now oh, that I'm man. thinking about it, I maybe this. I, I'm not going to the right place. <laughs> I'm going so, to the- so to completely change the subject or or throw it back to where we were because uh, I'm I'm interested more in this book. You didn't go fire and sniper rifles for research. You know, I dreamed about it. There's some people that are on my list. Um, that I that I keep I'm in, in, my in back a rifle pocket. range. I didn't mean. <laughs> well, I didn't mean actually putting all no, the people's house. If you're gonna do research, you got to double down. You got to do it right. Yeah, you got to find out. You should be an actor. Feel, how does it feel to kill a man? <laughs> it feel? You know, it's, how does it feel to kill a man? And and let me tell you, I got close. Uh, watching TV, you get real close real quick. Uh, no, <laughs> you watch I, Barry, right? You watch Barry. Oh right? man, I love Barry. I love Barry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the the Chechnians. Oh my gosh, they're the most fantastic characters. A brilliant show. Um, but um. No, I did not end up killing anyone that I, and I can't say it on a podcast because I would incriminate myself. Uh, but if someone were to uh, kill people, there is a entire, and I'm not saying to do it, don't kill anyone. But if you were researching a book and you wanted to, no, <laughs> um, there's a, there's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot more to think about than you think. If you listen to like any sort of, um, um, true crime mm-hmm. stuff, you know, which I don't because it freaks me out. But I've always, I've always, oh thought, yeah, yeah. But I always thought with a sniper rifle, um, if you're someone like you and I, in other words, you you don't probably have a much of a record, and no one, re- you're not that well known, and you're doing it for. I mean, we're talking a mile away here. It seems right. pretty hard. It would seem like it'd be pretty hard to figure out who done it. Now, you would think that, 
yeah, you would I, think that, but um, there's just there's just too much behind it, especially with ballistic experts nowadays. Ballistic expert can take a look into the wound will say, I'm not a professional here and tell you, you know, obviously if they can get the bullet out, but they don't need to get the bullet out. Even if it, there's an exit wound, uh, this, this is taking a dark turn, but <laughs> they can tell you caliber sizes. We're just talking about a book. They can tell you caliber sizes though, distances and kind of figure out like from here, what's there, go there, look up cameras. Cause I don't know if you know or not in Chicago alone, Chicago is the most, um surveillance heavy city in the united states i didn't know that um until i, I moved away yeah i actually <laughs> learned that from listening to a true crime podcast um you're you're on everywhere you're right. on you know well i know, I know that from listening to um uh, not only several documentaries but i've also the guy who's in russia now um snowden snowden yeah we're being watched right now. We're both on camera. Uh, this is this is po it's probably not being recorded, but the NSA is able to look at it if they want to legally. That's what I'm, Snowden brought out. That's, I'm just that's, I'm just waving to my my um, hey, CIA hey, agent. My hey, CIA hey, agent hey, assigned hey. to me. We're doing <laughs> nothing. That whole snipe that sniper rifle stuff. We were talking about uh, a a Netflix show. It was a Netflix. Yeah. But no. seriously, I um I have I have a friend who's very into guns and has been his whole life and has done. Uh, he's actually a demolitions expert now for movies, oh, cool. but he's got quite the gun collection. I don't keep guns around my house for a lot of different reasons, um, but I do. If I was researching a book, I would figure out a way to I have a lot of buddies, um, one who's in the military, whose father is a big-time gun collector. And mm -hmm. I have to admit, you go out, it's fun to shoot a gun. It's, it's fun if you're just shooting a target. It's yeah. kind of neat. It's kind of fun. Know? It's, but yeah. that's, that's as far as I want to take it. And, and I'll tell you right. the reason I don't have a gun in my house, I'll, I'll shoot myself. That's what I'm just end up doing. I oh, I'm more right worried there. about I'm more worried about sh actually shooting someone else. Like, um, if someone to, if someone to break it, for in a my lot house, of different reasons, right? I, if someone, yeah. right, right. I mean, if some drug yeah. addict breaks into my house, he's not necessarily armed. He's all messed up, he's and I shoot soaps. him because I'm pissed off that he broke into my house. I don't know. I think I'd feel pretty bad. Yeah, I'd I feel think horrible, I'd feel pretty bad. Right? Yeah, the, I, the regular, I wouldn't be into the regular that. Joe would feel very. And I'd feel even worse if, uh, when getting the gun out of the gun safe and loading it, I shot myself in the foot. Then I—that's would, what would happen to I me. Mean, I would shoot myself. <laughs> that's where I'd really be pissed off. I would be so upset with myself. He's so upset. I did the job for him. He yeah, come, exactly. the guy in the bath salts would come and be like, "Oh, that was easy." Oh <laughs> man, I was just watching just watching a show where that happened. I shouldn't say what show or how it happened, but. Someone shot themselves, and it was like that is so. I don't know. It was just such a brilliant ending to that character it, because it, it looks is, so real. He just, uh, he, I mean, the I way he did some. it seemed so like oh, that was perfect. I wonder if we're talking about the same show. Um, uh, I've also seen one. All right, like, spoiler alert. Nobody listen. If you're still watching this show, it's uh, Fargo, the latest season of Fargo. Oh, see, I was not talking about Fargo. Yeah, the latest season of Fargo. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, I won't. I won't say what happens. But it's it's, ah. kind of, it's just such so like. And with all Fargo really seems like it's directed by the Coen brothers, which it is not. But they really follow 
the pattern of the movie Fargo and of the Coen brothers. They really stick with Did it. Did they do a great job? Uh, they do an amazing... It's season four now. Season four was the f- kind of furthest away from the original, um, but they, it's different stories every season. And the season with Jesse Plemons, which I think was three... Uh, man, I, that's some of the best acting Is I've ever good? seen uh, on TV. It's really, really good. It, it takes like, and they're good at w- telling a story through nine episodes or ten episodes. Like, they don't rush it, um, but it always pays off as if it was a Coen Brothers movie. It's really oh, not so good. They're great. They're yeah. great. I was Huge talking fan. about uh, on CBS. They have that series Evil. It's like a walk. Oh yeah, study in demonology. There right. is a fantastic right. buildup, and I'm totally spoiling it. And I'm not apologizing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you early on, there's like a school shooter sort of uh, scenario, mm-hmm. and the kid is being manipulated into going somewhere and shooting it up. And I'm like, oh man, this is painful because we've just had so much realistic stuff that right. has happened that is so fresh that I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is going to suck to watch this, the kid going into like the school or the workplace and shooting it up. And while the kid's pumping himself up and giving him the finger, himself the finger guns, holding his real guns and posing, he blows his brains out. Oh. And, I was like, and I was like, yeah, oh, that is man. perfect. Actually, oh, I man. approve. I yeah. approve of this because I didn't want to watch this kid shooting up the school. Excellent. That, that- they just end it. <laughs> There you go. Just That's how the episode it. ended. I was like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Oh, man. That's Bob, funny. I'm sorry if you collect guns. Talk to my CIA agent. If you collect guns, hey, I'm cool with it. Just I don't collect guns. Anyhow. <laughs> Plus, sorry. it's uh, expensive. That's an it expensive is not hobby. cheap. It is not it cheap. It is not cheap. I mean, if you want to, especially if you're a collector because you're buying nicer guns. You can, But even, I mean, just a... A basic, a basic gun is to me that's a lot of money. But if you're then if you're buying collectible guns, oh my gosh! And they're Whoa. and they're at a, 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 believe it or not an ammo shortage. Oh yeah, I didn't I know that. Recent, yeah, I knew until that until recently because I live in Oregon. Our, we're, our <laughs> 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 this is one of the places that all the gun owners are like, yeah, we're just about out of this and out of that. It's like, oh man, and a lot of people. It's a lot of people like us. I I'm I hate to say, but there's been a big rush uh, from, especially as the election neared, more and more people, more and more um, people on the left thought they might need a gun. Because we're all being pushed towards this idea that there could be a civil war, which I'm now relaxing into. Okay, maybe there won't be, but I could see, um, I could see how it could happen. And so a lot of lot of people who, which is even scarier, a lot of people who've never owned a gun are out buying guns, and and that's that's kind of the worst. It, well, the, to to be the flip side of the coin, um, my wife was at work, and someone, um, she stumbled upon the fact that they were a doomsday prepper and that's how i got this information that there's a uh uh, ammo shortage and my wife thought she was joking she was like oh yeah let me get my guns too and the lady's like no seriously there's an ammo shortage yeah gotta think about that and my wife was like uh i have a garden in the back i've got a couple (laughs) of things of lettuce and peppers that's my doomsday plan exactly (laughs) We don't have a very good one either. No, no, oh. I'm in trouble. I'm this is the one trouble. part of uh, The Walking Dead that I always am kind of bitching about. It's like, you guys are, the doomsday happened, the zombies happened, the zombies ate, what, 80% of um, of mankind, 
you got guns and ammo everywhere, guys. Right. You're not running out. House. Going to anyone's right. house. There's bullets. There's guns. Come on. Plus, you're in. You're, now you're in Texas. First, you were you were in Austin or something. Uh, not Austin. I, I don't know somewhere else that that I'm sure has a lot of guns. It's it's wild. It, Come on. You know, I follow a couple British writers and authors who have great sense of humors, and they think, and I think justifiably so, that we are psycho. <laughs> that we are. I, I think that's justifiable and it, it's actually it's i think it's a bit sad because a big part of it is fear that's that's what i attribute it to is oh a, for a sure big part of it i mean part of it is is probably a fascination with the whole western thing everyone's wants to be a cowboy right um but it's also it's definitely fear-based when you know thousands of people go out and buy guns and ammo because politics isn't going right. It, I, I mean, wow. it's crazy. I heard someone who was honestly talking about why they bought a gun. It was um, it was a piece on NPR, um, and they were asking a couple of people, and one person's like, be honest, I don't know why I did it. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? They're like, I had this fantasy that because I'm white, minorities would come and burst oh, open my door. Oh, no. And they would like... They would string me up and tear me apart in pieces. And now I'm, I'm thinking about it. That's not what would happen. I don't know. Yeah. I bought a gun. <laughs> I feel terrible. really stupid. And I was like, That's I was really thinking terrible. in my head, I was like, part of me thinks you are the stupidest person in the world and you deserve all the wasted money that you had. <laughs> you. And then another part of me was like, but I do appreciate you being honest. And actually, now that I'm thinking about that, I bet you there's some people out there listening who are also like secretly nodding their heads that they also thought something that stupid, you know, <laughs> right. that that this was going to turn into something goofy like that. So, well, and I can, I I have these thoughts, uh, you know, fleeting. I hope they're fleeting. Of wow, is if there's a civil war, do I really need to go out and buy a gun? And then I really I come to my senses and I think, well, I'm not going to go buy five guns, and that's what the people that I I would be up against have. You know, these guys I've seen on the news. Thankfully, I haven't seen one walking around the streets yet, although close enough. Um, you know, they have more. They have they're fully armed, and I'm sure not. I'm sure not going to do that. So I'll just I'll wait till one of them's on the ground and pick up one of theirs. So here, here's my thing, and my buddies who have guns always argue this with me, and it, it, we, we go into these fun loops. And luckily, we all have pretty good sense of humor. So by the end of it, you know, we've either had a couple beers and we're laughing, or we're just like, okay, agree to disagree. Uh, it doesn't always work that way, but um, their their whole thing is, well, if a they love to get in those extremes, if a bad guy came. And he's got a gun pointed to you. And there's a man walking down the street. Do you want him to have his Floyd card and his conceal and carry? Or do you want him to just run? And I'm like, honestly, I just want him to run. Because I already got one dude pointing a gun at me. And now I got another dude who thinks he's Superman who's going to pull out the gun. There is a good chance that dude's going to shoot me too. I am, now I've got two guns shooting at me. Yeah. And I've had, I've been held up at gunpoint before. And it is. Oh, you have. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm from Chicago, baby. Uh, right. You know, it's, well, it, it's yeah. uh, it, it is scary, but I, I was with another guy who's now a cop, real cool dude. Um, mm -hmm. But I always think about if he had a gun, 
would that have been worse? And I think it would and, have. And ask him, because he will tell you, and just about any police officer, chief of police, people in law enforcement, uh, especially statisticians will tell you, your chances of being shot if you have a gun go way up. Oh, for sure. There are more it's, people shot with their own gun in their home than, than shoot anyone. Uh, uh, I mean, just so, look at all the YouTube bloopers. Well, you have to right. do. <laughs> yeah, but even, uh, you know, it's it's like you're saying, if if you start going for a gun when you're being held up, you're probably going to get shot. If it, it, you know, the best thing to do is probably what you did, which is comply. It, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's not, yeah. it's very thought, unlikely it's going to be like you think. I talked very them unlikely. out of it. And I understand there's going to be oh, times you awesome. can't talk a person out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't, I shouldn't say I talked him out of it. He wanted to get in the place that we were working at. Um, oh, okay. We worked, <laughs> we worked at a Hooters. Um, you should have saw me in those shorts, Joel. I looked so good. <laughs> no, we were <laughs> in the top. We were the, huh? <laughs> we were, we were the nighttime cooks, and they uh-huh. waited for us in the parking lot for it to close. And he hopped out with the gun, and he's like, "Get me in there!" And our manager, spineless manager, runs in, and locks the doors on us. Oh man! Uh, yeah, oh, totally. So my oh, buddy no. and I are sitting there like, "Oh, shit!" And uh, you know, we're in college, and we're like, "Where he's not going to let you in." Uh, he said he's hit the alarm and I wasn't kidding when I told him like listen there's a lot of cops that hang out here cops love hooters uh, <laughs> every cops love hooters that's the, shocking the I know you're shocking me now. I know I mean half we would have half of the restaurant would just be just different police you never felt so safe uh, but <laughs> and yet and yet so scared uh, but no um I was like, listen, a lot of cops hang out here. You need to get out of here ASAP. You're not getting in. And and he did say, like, I should shoot you both. Uh, and Kyle just kept it. Oh, I shouldn't have said his name. Um, Ken. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he had his hands up and he complied. But I always am afraid, like, dude, what if my buddy had a gun? I think he would. one of the two would shoot me. I think because I was right in the middle of them. He was oh, in the right. back. Yeah, I was like, right. I just, I would be dead. And so that's my old, my answer. I'm like, I don't want two idiots with guns. I just want to stick to one. It's pretty nuts. I mean, you now you can see gunfights on YouTube and stuff. And I've also, there's just, whenever you hear a report about a real actual gun battle, um, there are so many rounds fired and maybe one of them will hit somebody. It's crazy. You know, like when the police shoot somebody, um, a lot of times... They fire 20 rounds between, you know, one or two right. cops and they hit the guy once or twice with him firing back and not hitting anybody. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And, and pretty crazy. So, here's my uh, any 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 anyone who might have had any respect left for me is probably going to lose it with this one, but I understand. I don't have a gun. Not a big fan of guns. Uh, they're fun to shoot. But I think they're a bad idea. I understand that we can't get rid of them. They're in the freaking Constitution. Yeah, I know. Well, I I think there's a bigger question than that of why we right. can't get rid of them. I it's think more they're in the, no, they're so embedded in our culture. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, I agree. It is. You can't get rid of it's, them. You can't yeah. get rid of it. It's, I would. It's, it's like saying you can. You're going to get rid of the NRA. Right. You know, um, I said that wrong. The American Rifle Association. Um, National right? No, you said it. You said oh, it right. Okay, because right. I was thinking of the the um, 
the army, the, the Irish Liberation Army. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the IRA. I, I, anyway, the IRA. we're not going to get rid of them because they they have too much power. And, you know, even if there was a way to switch them back to their original purpose, which, which was gun safety, that's what they were originally about. And now they're about gun sales. But even that's not, I'll, I right. agree with you. It's not going to happen. I'll take that. It's I'll not take that. Happen. I'll take yeah. that. Like, I tell people or all a new time group. And they look, right. I tell yeah. people who are politically aligned with me, I hate that word, but um, I think that's that's a dividing word, but who right. who are politically aligned with me will say. Um, and uh, they get mad at me when I say it. I'm like, you're not going to get rid of guns. You're not going to get rid of guns. I think what we need to do is just not be stupid about it. Let's start fixing some rules. We're not going to become England, though. I'd love to. You know, um, I would love to too. And that's um, that's what is that's the hardest thing for me is that I I do think you're wasting time with a lot of uh, gun legislation. The also the the people on the side of you should be able to buy any gun anywhere, anytime. The people on that side are have much better marketing strategies, obviously, because they have convinced people that any gun law means Obama's going to come to your house and take your guns away. They they literally convince people of that, and they've said it for years. And when Obama became a power, you know, became president, it, somehow it was easier. It was even a bigger right. scare. He's going to come to your house and take your gun away. There has never been legislation for taking anyone's gun away. There's even introduced. Yeah, it is Not easier. Not even it, introduced. But because of that mindset, you can't even get large magazines restricted. You can't even get, you know, different kinds of weapons that are only used for shooting people that have really no place in the average household. You can't even get those reduced or, you know, made illegal to sell and manufacture in America. That Even that can't happen. And to me, that would be... A good idea it would be a step, but that's not. I don't even see that happening. You know, I talked that, to a buddy you know. of mine, and I, and I put this quote in. Uh, this was like two or three years ago. I put this quote in a dead end job. He said, "Take it from me, a guy who's been in the military. The America has a serious gun problem." <laughs> um, he said, "Those guns that they use, those are man killers. They're made for one thing: to right. kill someone very quickly." Uh, yeah. and yeah. I think people. It takes a pebble of effort to scare someone, and it takes a mountain of effort to get them to understand that there. I understand there's a fear that is easily excitable within you, and you want to be prepared. You don't want to be duped, but I don't think you're understanding the harm that it is doing to if you widen your gaze to everyone else, and that's the shame. You can't get through to it, but guns aren't going away. No. They're not going away. No. They're not going away. I want them to go away. They're not going away. I want them to That's go just- away. And I mean, there's the other side of it that um, the majority of gun deaths are uh, violence against people who know each other. So it's crazy. It's, it's also a bigger, it's, it's like a bigger issue. It's made to be a bigger issue than it actually is. School shootings, that's uh, psychopaths. Those are people who who lot, like something's wrong. Something clicked. Something's absolutely wrong. Um, they've been going on throughout history people did this with axes and knives at one time so it's not new it's just that the weapons are so much more sophisticated but it uh if you look at the majority of gun deaths they're people shooting each other in arguments and orb gang related stuff it's it's very little of 
you know, robbers being robbers shooting someone or being shot. It's very little of muggers shooting people. You know, that that's far less likely. So the average person who's just on the street, it's much less likely of brutal, you know, to actually being shot. And let me tell you, I'm a person who got a gun held to him. I still don't want a gun. Right. I still don't want a gun. And you still don't want a gun. I don't yeah. want a gun. I don't yeah. want a I, gun. I'm scared lived, of people with guns. Right. Right. <laughs> I lived in L.A. and uh, you, uh, I always was was nuts when. Well, I I had some road rage issues. I mean, I said I was yelling at people before, and it's very dangerous there. I you served know, my it, time. It's it's, it's I, yeah. My, my, my. <laughs> it's, it's it's freaking dangerous to do that. And I sat in a room, uh, one place I worked with um, a group of younger guys who were minorities and they were all telling their stories being shot. They grew up in LA and they all had a story of being shot and none of them, it was all random. It was all like people just shooting them because they thought they were somebody else or who knows. Like one guy was shot through his door. He has no idea why, through the door of his car. No idea why. Guy drove up and shot through the door and and drove off. Crazy. Yeah, totally nuts. For, for my first day, uh, my first day at a job as a uh, manager, a district manager for a place, I was working with, um, you had a staff about 105 people, but like from the lowest level, like the valets and stuff that we were working with, you know, they were kids in college and stuff like that. And I had the same thing happen to me. I'm just lined up and saying who I am. We're all talking and very casually. They weren't trying to like scare me or anything like that. We're just talking. And, uh, you know, I, I must have, someone brought up something about like a, a, a bad area and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get shot. And, and a couple of them, same thing. We're like, no, you don't. And they literally like pulled out, <laughs> they the were show, pulling yeah. their shirts and like, I got Start. shot here. And then it bounced down there. Just real good dudes too. Um, and mo- it's the same thing. Most of them were like, I, I was a teen. I got in a fist fight and someone started shooting us up or some of them were just like, dude, I was just walking down the street. I was just walking. I am not affiliated with anything. It's really horrible, man. But, uh, (laughs) it is. So on that light note, uh, I did have a couple more, I have a couple more questions on my list. I don't have, um, it's not very solid, but, um, just to lighten it up a little bit. Before we wrap it up, <laughs> right, right. Know, not, you know what? We've been going a little longer than, than we planned. <laughs> Thanks I for listening. No, I, no, I, that's I great. Apologize I apologize. That's what this podcast is I'm like about. Old, I'm okay. old, old pappy right it's now. It's okay. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you it, kids sure. You kids, yes, right. Right. <laughs> but so anyhow, I did. Sorry, I watched. I watched the thing on YouTube that you were talking, and I'm wondering if uh, if you've been walking around naked in the neighborhood. Lately, lately, you know what? See, now the problem is I have children, and it's not so much that I'm I'm afraid of walking around naked. I just don't want it to be where my kids are ashamed of me because it's cold out. And no. uh, <laughs> it's so interesting. No. And, and, and what I always wonder at what age? Because I don't remember. I was really young. At what age do you start? you know, being embarrassed walking around naked because well, there's, there's a beautiful time when you're little that it doesn't matter at all. And then oh, at some man. point society kicks in and you got to put clothes on. It's so tragic. My, it my really poor is. daughter, my poor daughter, she loves running around naked. 
Poor girl. <laughs> She's three and a half, and huh? we are yeah. starting to tell her the kid you got to put clothes on story and uh she's starting to get it and it hurts every time you have to tell her because she just doesn't understand and there's this beautiful innocence to it that she's like what's the big deal you know but yeah uh you have to break her heart and for her it's getting to be around four i think i think parents especially we we step on the gas uh to really brainwash them if they haven't been brainwashed already before they go to school. So, <laughs> oh right, that makes sense. Yeah. Cuz you, you don't do. want to be the you don't want to be you don't want to be that parent or the naked Nancy over there. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to have that. Right. So, yeah, oh. I think it's right before school, but my my poor daughter you you see it. She just she's like this is a dumb rule. Is it? Naked, yeah. Naked's cool, man. Cuz she like, still got all her, you know, she's still smart. She's, she's still <laughs> yeah, she's still innocent. She doesn't understand. So I had to tell her, like, yeah, you know. It's a weird rule. You're right. You're right. Naked is cool, but it makes yeah. some kids uncomfortable. So I mean, as we get older, it's a better rule. But right. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, man. <laughs> when no we're doubt. still young. It's a silly no doubt. rule. It's a silly uh, rule. So but, did you, uh, on our last podcast, you were in between agents. Did you get a new agent for your new book? No. You know what? Uh, Parliament House. Uh, so I have two uh, this is the problem about books. Actually, we're still talking about that same thing. Um, publishing world is slow. So I already was in the mix with Parliament House. I tried to get an agent with Parliament House. Um, and or I'm, I started to get a agent when Parliament House said they were interested. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's just do it without an agent with Parliament House. But literally what we talked about months ago because the publishing world is so slow, those two books I'm still looking for an agent for, I haven't even heard back. You will write an agent and say, hey, check this out. I've got this manuscript. Here's the nuts and bolts of it. What do you think? I have gotten replies seven, eight, nine months later. And this is common. Ask any writer. That's like, just opened your email. I want to let you know, thank you so much. And you might've already gotten it to an agent or a publisher. Uh, and like, oh, wow. you know, and maybe send me a little bit more and I could get back to you in another three months. I mean, if you are, if you are in my, I don't even know how to describe this. If you are in my world, my level where, um, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a newbie. I'm a mid-level career writer. Yeah. You actually, best. you're not doing yeah. it from your, uh, garage or anything, or you're not right. doing it at, at night. With your spare time, you're doing right. It, it is my full time job, is, right? Yeah. Um, when you're doing it from my side and you're really trying to do it right, get ready because it is so slow. Um, you're going to hear back from an excited publisher um, in four or five months. You're going to hear back from a agent who, even if they're interested, they say anywhere from six six to nine months usually. So I am literally still exactly where I was before where I've sent out to agents and said, Hey, this is what I have. What do you think? And I'm still waiting for them because the market's flooded. Uh, The market is so flooded right now. And especially, I mean, you write and you might be telling lies, but it's to tell the truth. And right now, I think a lot of people with how politics are going, how COVID's going, how gun controls going all the things that i you know i've been whining about today on the podcast uh you know there's a lot of people who have these strong emotions so there's a lot of people who are actually writing a short story a novella or a novel so especially now they were already flooded 
agents are extremely flooded. But um, yeah, I am excited. I have a couple that I uh, last time I talked to you, I'm hoping they reach out to me because um, if you listen, we could start a beautiful thing. Uh, but I, I, I think I've heard back from one agent who said, send me your manuscript and um, I'm interested in, in looking at it more. And that wow. means another six months. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So, so we'll, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, agents, agents in the publishing world, uh, yowzer. Um, it's interesting. And the last thing I did want to touch on I think this is important because my wife doesn't watch it. Uh, Mandalorian. You liking it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me tell you. How much? We got another hour? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. That's so all, my, I, I really think it's the best Star Wars. So and and my, I'm a big fan of the first three, that being four, five, and Six. Right. Right. And, and, um, so I was, I'm blown away by it. So my wife is a little bit younger than me, um, three or four years, nothing terrible, but she grew up on the tail end of one episodes one, two, three. And I understand I grew up on four, five, and six, and I have a distinct advantage. Four, five, and six can do no wrong, right? Because it was the fundamentals, yep. it was the foundation. Yep. It, and it's, it, and it, still, I mean, even though. For me, a big part of those was one, you know, episode four. He's a, uh, the writer director is a struggling artist, and right? Yeah, he's working a lot harder, and the cast is just amazing. I yeah. mean, the, the, he picked the right people. It so works. And, so I'm, and even yeah. even the stuff that was dumb in four, five, and six because it's the originals. It is not dumb, actually. It's just a beautiful part of the culture. So right. I get it. Right. I get it that there is a disadvantage for anyone who wants to build off of that. And one, two, and three, my wife, you know, uh, I bash it all the time, but she's like, give it a chance. Compared no. to compared to no. seven, eight, nine, <laughs> compared to seven, eight, and nine, we can actually I look at that and I'm like fine yeah we're cool uh it's oh that's interesting because yeah. seven i i had i like seven better than one two oh, and three. One, two, one, and three, two and three is three's, unwatchable yes, to me like it, it somebody is, it, said go back and just watch the duel between um i can't remember who it was uh i can't even remember the characters because i so darth oh yeah it, it was yeah, darth the, darth maul and and uh obi-wan go back and watch the and so i literally tried i went to the battle and i was still like you know I can literally see the CGI. I mean, I can see what they did every scene. It's it kills me because so four, five, right, and, and, and I'm me. with you. I'm with you. So four, five, and six. I grew up on them. They're the babies, and yeah. I might have an unfair uh, advantage as far as well. Of course, it was the best because well, they started everything. So I get that, but. <laughs> What you've proven, what like Rogue One proved, and I don't know. Did you like Solo? Some people like it, and some people did. Uh, I was lukewarm on it. I really think, honestly, well, for one, it's hard for me to to look at another actor in that role. Right, and that is my I, everyone's hiccup. Yeah, I think that was my biggest hangup, and I didn't think they picked the right actor. And, right, and that Absolutely. has to. I know kind of the how Hollywood works, and I know 
they might have picked the right actor, but they but that actor maybe couldn't so do it. Hard so, do. It's so hard to really do. It's so hard to do. Really hard. Like to do. like yeah. that actor actually is a pretty well known actor. Oh, he's gr- he's saying, great. I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying he didn't do a bad job, but he was no, not, not at all. My, but he, he was not my Han. Exactly, but, wasn't Han. But like Rogue One, and I would say uh, Solo. Some people hate it. Some people didn't mind it. I I am lukewarm with it as well. But they proved that you can still do it right. It could be done because yeah, right. Rogue One. I I would take over. Uh, Seven, eight, nine—is that what they are? The, right. You know, Rogue One to me was one of oh, the better of the new. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it fun. It's it a, is. It's another fun one. Right. So, uh, but watching so, the Mandalorian, and then, and then John Favreau was like, "Hold my beer," right, and just right. Right. knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe how every episode—it just gets better. It gets better every time. I watched episode one and I was so doubtful. I had my hater glasses on. I'm like, it's going to be dumb. What's this show about Boba Fett? No, you can't do this show. He's dead. Uh, even though I know he's not dead. I know all the books and stuff like that. But I was just frustrated because I thought Mandalorian was going to be about Boba Fett because I didn't really want to read about it because I was frustrated. And I was immediately surprised. It's not about Boba Fett at all. Uh, and then every episode was really good. Got better. The characters started to develop. They started mending old bloopers from right, right. from seven, eight, nine that like confused the hell out of me. And John Favreau now is single handedly repairing Star Wars culture. A lot of damage. I mean, yeah. it is. And my buddy yeah. and I were talking about it. Uh, my army buddy uh, that I was telling you about before, um, and we we're like. I get to relive what I love about Star Wars. It's it's four, five, and six reborn pretty much when you watch these. But even better in some ways because it has like an old Shogun slash Western style feel to it, while still nailing all the beautiful culture, expanding on canon characters that you haven't seen on screen. And I don't know what they're gonna do in ten episodes from now because you can't keep getting better. But it is. I, I don't know how they they keep doing it, but every episode I'm like, this one's not going to be as good. This but will be is. a filler episode. Nope. And then I watch it and I'm like, yeah. I'm picking up my phone, calling my buddies. Did you see it yet? Did you see it yet? <laughs> but oh my gosh, great, fantastic. And I love, absolutely love how very famous people are just showing up for any cameos they can. Like, I didn't even know John Lugazamo was in one of them. I was, I was oh, watching right. the credits. I, I had to look that up. So I was like, where the hell was he? I <laughs> vaguely recognize the voice. Like, vague, that's a familiar voice. Right. And so I look it up. I'm going, you're kidding me. You are, are kidding me. Uh, and, and, and I guess... Um, Carl Withers is a director. So I think that's why... Is he? he yeah, he directed, um, I think, the latest one. Um, so who he probably uh-huh. has directed a lot of TV. Who know, you know, a lot of these actors go into directing. That's why you don't see them. So uh, like Jonathan Frakes, he's a director now. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it uh, I, I just, yeah, I can't agree more. Well, can't agree I, I more. Mean, and the it, fact it just, that someone can do that role with no face. Uh, like, it, it's genius and you feel his expressions while he's doing it right i mean that's how good he is um but even some of the actors are getting some of my favorite people i almost peed my pants i knew it was him immediately timothy oliphant uh oh right the opening for and of course he plays the sheriff oh i saw that and i was like (laughs) 
It's Space Bullock. It's well, Space Bullock. It's hilarious. <laughs> Space Bullock, and he just got off uh, the L.A. movie. Um, yeah, like I saw, I saw, the Seth, I saw the Seth Bullock walk with yeah. the Boba Fett helmet, and I was like, no it's way. It's pretty Except funny. Timothy Oliphant, and then he takes off his helmet, and it was. But, I mean. Oh, you recognize you know, him before he took the yeah, helmet Yeah, because off. he has oh, that yeah. walk. He's got right. this kind of, like, mean but pseudo, like, sachet kind of walk. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. But they... John Favreau and cast. I, I mean, he's he's the man, um, but he's got so many different directors too. I think um, uh, another favorite is ah, um, oh, come on, what is his name? Um, he's uh, come on. I know your name. I've said it multiple times. He's from New Zealand. Um, uh, Tiki Watiti. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mm-hmm. He's fantastic. I don't know if you've ever checked out what we do in the shadows, but um, him and just a couple other directors. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that yet. It looks really good, but it's on one of the services I don't have, and I'm so a- sick of ordering services. I mean, I literally got Disney free trial to watch The Mandalorian and Ugh. because I thought, okay, I'll check, you know, whatever. I'll right. check this out. And one of the reasons, quite honestly, is because when I worked – in TV animation, a long time ago, they used to tease me for looking like um, the uh, the character you just named, and I didn't even realize who he was. the The Mandalorian from Star Wars, um, Boba uh, Fett. Boba oh. Fett. Yeah. yeah, they used to say I look like Boba Fett, and I was like, "What?" what? I, I wasn't a big enough fan to even know who that was, <laughs> and I always thought that was the strangest thing. How do I? That's not possible. I, but. <laughs> I, I got teased by these artists that I look like Boba Fett. So I had to just check, you know, it's a, I thought the same thing. I thought it was, he was at least going to be in it. And first episode, I was completely hooked. I also thought I so would, good. I also thought Baby Yoda would be too much for me. Like I, you know, uh, I'm a grown man. I don't need to watch, the, but <laughs> it's uh, completely hooked. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think, I think adding Baby Yoda, Groku. Um, Groku, yeah, we know. It, we know. it, it adds Groku, to it adds to the Jim Henson feel to it. Yeah. I, they could have CGI'd it, yeah. but they were like, no, 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 no. We got to no. do, do this old school. It's funny because I saw an interview with, um, well, I saw a behind the scenes with John Favreau, and he was talking about how we're trying to do it old school. We're trying to do it like the original. We're using as many sets as possible, and I believed him. I thought, oh, wow, he's really, that's cool. He's using old green screen technology and they're building sets. And then I looked a little closer and no, no, it's all, it's all right. done like, like Iron Man. You know, it's almost right. all green screen. They have a door maybe, and that'll be a set. Right, but right. <laughs> it's like, what was, what do you, what do you mean exactly? But he, the design is like the original. Yeah. You know, I, the I, the I, design I, element is really, it looks right. It nails it. It, it nails it. Everything's nails it. old. It's torn up. It's you know. It's not shiny. That was one of the problems with one, two, and three. It was they were everything was shiny and new. Nothing was right. scratched. Right. You know it, that doesn't. It, it was like what? What is this? Yeah, it's supposed to look dusty yeah, and old and used. And and then yeah. just him repairing the culture and kind of explaining what happened to the rebels and ah. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, Anyhow, so if good. anything, if anything, if anything, we have from 2020 with all of the horrible fireballs that we've named. At least we have the Mandalorian. At least <laughs> we have the Mandalorian, and that's there. You go. Now we 
we end on an up note. I think I'm going to end it there because we could talk all night. I'd yeah, be happy no. to. I'd be cool with it. You got, but, you're going to have to hang yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> We're like teenage couple. You hang I'll up. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my wrap up. Here we go. Uh, quick pause. This has been Were You Still Talking? And today on my show, I've had Joel Albrecht, that's me, and Justin O'Calla, the author, back, whoops, back for a second time, now known as Friend of the Show. Thanks so much for coming back. This has really been awesome, man. Thank you for having me. This has been good. And like I always say, be good to each other, especially after listening to this podcast, and be good to yourselves, because it's weird out there. (laughs) <laughs> That's good. There we go. Gonna stop the recording. Awesome.